All right, everybody, welcome. This is the first time we are ever, ever, ever doing this. Uh, this is episode 50, so it's a big, big deal here at the show. Um, and what better way to celebrate and with with uh, with the Kim brothers, the, the, the Bicker Kim brothers. Sandwich. The Kim sandwich. <laughs> the meat in our sandwich. You have a sausage company. You don't call yourselves any sandwich things. Um, so the brothers are here. We, we heard from them. If you listen to the episodes in succession on episodes 48 with Ted and 49 with Young, you heard their own stories. There's obviously a bit of overlap in the way that they grew up, where they grew up with their same family and running the business now. Um, so this is a recap episode. Uh, they got to listen to each other's episodes just in the last two hours. So I'm going to guess did. that they haven't heard each other or talked to each other since because Young's got three babies at home and uh, put them to bed and, and all that good stuff. Um, mm-hmm. But anyway, guys, welcome to the show, man. Thank, thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Jerry. Uh let, let's start with Young. Uh-huh. <laughs> what do you think about Ted, my conversation with Ted? So you hear my gut, Ted? <laughs> wait, wait, before, before we say that, like, if the, for all the listeners that made it to episode three and actually are here to listen to the third one, thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> if you didn't give up, if you didn't give up, thank you for listening like, to the almost, recap. There's over 2,000 subscribers, so of course, they're going to be listening. <laughs> a lot of sausage in your, your ears. I you know? feel like what's his name? Um, he does all the after Bachelor stuff. Andy Hoffman, the Bravo guy, he mm-hmm. does like all the recap shows. I feel like this mm-hmm. is sort of like a reality show recap. The Talking Dead. Yeah, thank you everybody for listening. This is a kind of a fun one-off show that we're doing, and I actually want to do more of these. Um, whether you're sisters or mother, daughter, son, dad, whatever combination, I think obviously uh, everybody can. Multiple people can go through the same exact experience and have different feelings and experiences coming out of it. So, um, Young, what did you think of the conversation with Ted and what, what stood out to you uh, listening to yeah. what we talked about? Um, what's up, Ted? <laughs> <laughs> talking, sh- talking shit, huh? How, how does it feel to have a, have a crappier episode than me, Young? <laughs> um, I could tell that you were being nice. For the the public, for the audience, <laughs> but uh, yeah, um, I got to learn a lot about Ted. I got to learn a lot about some of the stuff that I, I didn't realize that um, all the, the the advertising stuff you did. But um, you know, I mean, I kind of expected some of those nice answers, but I wish you were a little bit more honest. <laughs> um, what would you? What do you wish he was more honest about? What was what was felt? What did you feel was left untold or wrongly told? No, you know, we were we were just at each other's throats a lot the last couple of years. And um, mm. that is the truth. Um, I and mean, we never got into like fist fights, but we would just be like, you know. Um, you You're know, pretty we're nice very, too. We're very passionate people, you know. We're, yeah. um, especially when it's your baby, you know, like um, yeah. it gets a little personal sometimes. But like you said, Ted... Um, you know, most of the, mostly good things come out of our fights, and uh, it was uh, there's no there's no bad blood, there's no bad blood. But it was funny. You were being a little bit cordial. Are they a little cordial? Huh? <laughs> Young, what did you think about Ted calling you out and and you crying about your friend Kevin when you <laughs> thought you were moving back to Korea? Yeah, I did definitely cry. It was Kellen, by by the way. It was not Kevin. It was but, Kevin. Uh, it was Kevin. It was Ke- Kellen Champagne. 
No, it was Kevin Radford. How do you know, man? How do you know my friends? Because huh? <laughs> I was there, like, 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 mom was going, "Why the hell are you crying over Kevin Radford?" And I was like, "I don't know." Kevin's got now it's a fight between Kevin and Kellen. In my memory, it was Kellen. Because this was like fifth grade, Ted. Like you know, I have freaking memories with those random things. Really? That's funny. You know my, you know my friends better than me. <laughs> but Kevin or Kellen, I did not want to go to back to Korea. That's the truth. And um, you know, I mean, could you imagine us being in Korea? We would no. we'd be in suits and oh my we'd god, we'd have LA we'd have LA sausage in Korea. Los <laughs> Angeles <laughs> sausage. We'd have Man Jose sausage. <laughs> Man Jose sausage. Jesus. Um, that. <laughs> and and one more for you. Uh, so I I, fuck, I received, first spoke to Ted and, and he said, you know, Young's the more studious one. I just wanted to have fun. And then, shit, I talked to you and you're like, I dropped out of school to go pursue music. <laughs> yeah. So like, you know, in high school, in high school, I was mm. definitely the more studious one. I was, I didn't get into much trouble. Like, like I said, um, Ted got caught with cigarettes and bad friends and I remember, I, remember, I remember I knocked on him once and he got so mad at me once. Um, I, I never smoked cigarettes in high school. <laughs> no, but you got caught. And then like mom was like, oh, you got, you were hanging out with bad people. And uh, okay. um, that was like the extent of it. But he was, Ted was so mad at me this one time because I knocked him out <laughs> once. And, um, you know, I was just, just being protective, man. Yeah. <laughs> aye, aye, aye. Um. But, in, but in college, it you know, you get, you get that pent up. You know, like you're you're sick of being a good boy, and you know, I I think it just kind of flipped, and Ted became the more responsible one in college, and then mm. I became like the the semi rebel ish, or whatever. But I wasn't that right? responsible in college either. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, actually, you weren't. You were not responsible. He, he was the yeah. president of the drinking business fraternity. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can go, I can yeah. draw stories of how much. You've drank in college too. So. <laughs> old, old habits die hard. Yeah, um, not much has changed. <laughs> anything else memorable from Ted's conversation that sticks out to you, Young? Um, I just I don't know some of the some of the uh, details. I think I, I was just I was like, was that did it happen that day or that time? But um, you know, I think no. Me and my brother, we 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 talked to a lot of like. Uh, people about our story and there's we tell the same stories so it's better when like um it's a different situation like this because it brings out different um point of views and then because like when you're answering like for like an article or something you're you know you're pretty to the point and we have our like our story that we say all the time but this way it's at least like hey it's like at least two different um answers and like it's like for real two point of views you know so um it was good man it was good to see um ted's side of story and you know, kind of how we had dealt with stuff um, after high school, leading up to his advertising career. So it was good, man. That's, I got to learn more about you. <laughs> yeah. One thing I want to ask both of you guys before we, we go over to Ted to ask him about Young's episode is, what was up with that bootleg Jordan business? <laughs> who, who thought of it? What What did you, like, did you source it from different places? Was it just like an eBay flip? <laughs> what, what the hell was up with that? I just I just had a friend that uh did it. Uh, he had like a factory in China that like got the ones that didn't like pass the, their test. Uh. And then he somehow got access to that. And then for me, if I could be like honest, it was just for me to learn how to sell stuff online. But um, yeah, it, it was it was not bad. I thought like <laughs> I could chunk up my first car with that money <laughs> and partied a lot with that money. 
I, that, that's 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 good. I mean, you were balling during that time. You had like was, a lot of I you was, were buying a lot of drinks, and I was like, "What the hell? What, what are you doing?" Dude? <laughs> I look back at that, and uh, I, I am very very uh, regretful in a lot of those bad financial decisions. <laughs> but it was fun, now, man. <laughs> now you know where all that money came from. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> um, very cool, Ted. Let's go to you. Uh, you just had a chance to listen to Young's episode literally before we jumped on. Uh, what are some things that stand out to you on the things that I talked to Young about? Um, that was pretty boring. No, I was kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was uh, it was cool, man. Um, you know, I knew a lot about his music career, but I didn't know he slept in his car a couple times. Um, that was that was my biggest thing. I wrote that down because I was like, oh, I definitely have to mention that. I'm gonna definitely tell mom about that one day <laughs> that he slept in his car. <laughs> you know, was homeless. Um, and then yeah, I didn't realize there was so much like parallel from his music to what he's doing now and young always wanted to be so free and young's like young's such a 70s kid like mentally he's such a hippie and like he's like not your typical korean and he likes to think complex philosophical like deeper stuff so that was kind of cool or maybe he just smoked a lot of weed (laughs) i I don't think those are they're they're not uncorrelated let's let's say that no but um it was, it was fun, man. It's, I got to hear the, when we were younger, those stories were kind of fun to hear, you know, you know, you think you, you remember it differently. Um, you did come to all of my sleepovers. You know that, right? I did. I, did. I missed uh, that in, in mine too. I was like, oh my God, I have to take Ted again. Oh. <laughs> it's like, hey, can my brother come? My brother come? <laughs> and I always went. <laughs> Did, did your young? Did your were your friends cool with him? Did they did they accept him? One of one of you, you know what? Like nobody like said like the hell, but then like I could, you know, like they were just like all right, you know. But Ted had no shame. He just he just fucking went. We we wrestled. We you know played baseball and just you know I slept sleepovers and it was fun, man. It was you know so it was good times, man. You know. <laughs> and, and, and young young said, "quote Ted was much cooler than me." Was that? Did true? I say that? Did I say that? Yeah. Are you sure? Uh, yeah, I mean, Are you we sure? have it on tape, so yeah, sure. <laughs> uh, you know, I don't know about that. I mean, Young Young had his, like, click, too. Uh, I think when it came into, like, my age, like, there were more Korean people and more, like, Asian people, so we kind of, like, stuck together. So it felt like I probably had, like, a bigger group, but, um, you know... It wasn't like anything. I mean, it was like I wasn't like jealous or anything. I think it's just like, just like <laughs> I was like the studious one. I was in band, you know, and it was just you know, this this how it was. I was in orchestra. I played cello. I wasn't that much oh, cooler. Man, yeah. It, we we all had an violin? instrument, right? We we all. Play I, I played the clarinet. Yeah, of course um, you did. Yeah, I mean, we, we didn't have much choice. It was like yeah, yeah. clarinet or violin I or the trombone. Uh, I played the that's boner. unique yeah, yeah. My, my brother played the drums uh, it was uh, yeah. that's cool very yeah um, drums are the coolest instrument for sure you know but, but they're not I mean you have to play like in an ensemble right and like you need equipment which is really hard to no, like, jam by yourself imp- you're like yeah but can you imagine like a Korean mom making kids like yeah, practice true. drums for three hours a day like she'd go crazy before the kids got any better yeah. um young told the story of him talking to your parents about dropping out of school and it it sort of uh he he made it seem like it was not that big of a deal um ted how how was that received on your end and 
was your mom freaking out to you privately about him taking a pause at school? Yeah, I mean, like I like I said in my episode, like Young took a lot of the he he paved the way for me and a lot of like the the rebellious stuff. Uh, and I do remember, um, I do remember when my mom was like really like upset about that, and um, we were having dinner, and um, you know they were trying to. I feel like my parents are pretty understanding, and they're a little bit more like modernized than your like typical typical Korean parents. So I did, I do think that like I actually really respect my parents for like responding the way that they did. I mean, of course, like it wasn't like oh good luck, son. It was like they were frustrated. <laughs> And they're like, why does he want to do this? Like, he's wasting uh-huh. two years of college or a year of college. And like, um, there was a little bit of that. But I mean, it wasn't like, like, it wasn't crazy, man. It wasn't like, you fucking quit that shit. Or like, I'm not going to, you know, put any money in your account or anything. It was it was very like level-headed and very mature then. So. Mm. Very cool. Um, yeah. Plus, we were young, you know. I think it's because if, like, if, if we were quitting um, your jobs like at 30 and trying to music maybe that would have been different but you know i was like 21 22 23 so yeah yeah that's okay right they, they, they were i mean probably ho- hoping and praying that it wasn't permanent right that yeah they, they, they uh, it was a phase they, yeah they yeah. just thought it was cute you know uh, <laughs> but you, if it if it worked then i don't know they, they'd still y- be young used right? to always use this excuse that well you bought me my first electric guitar like oh like, <laughs> you always say that yeah, I didn't remember those things. <laughs> I remember that. Yeah, like yeah. a blue electric guitar from World of Music. I did. I got and straight then... A's and I got that guitar. So I was like, yeah, you know. Oh, and then whenever your mom gonna fight, you'd say, "Would you want me that guitar?" <laughs> I, um, I I have a quick question on on your names. Young Young is your Korean name, right? It's yeah, it's Youngung, right? And Ted yeah, well, is an English name, but you yeah. went with Ted. Yeah, I mean, why like, one and not why not both? Or I guess I'm more I'm I'm original and I don't, I don't like to like be Americanized. <laughs> and it had to be Americanized. So you're saying there's not any other young Kims on this planet, young? <laughs> <laughs> they couldn't they couldn't say Tay. They're like T A T A Kim. Yeah. It was that's the name was his name was Tay Kim, and well, then people were like, yeah, 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 they couldn't pronounce it. Yeah, like, so my parents got lazy and they're like. And then it. <laughs> it's the same syllable. It's Ted. literally the same sound. But it does sound a little like you know Asian, totally. Tay versus uh, Ted, right? It's very yeah. exotic for its uh, time. That that was my uh, wife's contribution to the question pool today. She said, "Why is one's name English and not the other?" So, th- thank you, Kyungwa, uh, for for thank your you, contribution. Yeah, and then she's. Uh, Are you? Like, what's your Korean name, Jerry? Is it like Chewan or something? Uh, no, it's Chonghun. Oh. But we have my parents had this thing with the J, so my brother's name is J. I'm uh-huh. Jerry. Uh, um, it could have been Jong. It could have been Jong, bro. Uh, you know, Jong Wan. They couldn't pronounce. I mean, but that's, dude. Korean. I I think immig- Korean and Chinese immigrants giving us English names. I think is fascinating, right? Because we, we talk about it on the show from time to time, but. Like Indian parents still, even like the second, third generation, still give their kids Indian names. They just, yeah. you know, spell yeah. it out in English. But, you know, in, in an attempt to have us like fit in better or assimilate or not get punked on, like they all gave us English names. Um, hey, it builds so, their character. I like it. Right. I, I it's it's weird. Um, yeah. My, my parents had this obsession with the J. Right. But it's like, you know, in, in Korean, like me and my brother, our generation was Chongja uh, Tolim. So it was Chongho and Chonghun. And then so for for a while when my dad went by like a fake English name, he was Jesse. And 
our dogs were also our dogs were also Joy, Juju, and Genie. And it was like this <laughs> string of J's. Um, and obviously they named my, my firstborn son Jacob. And it's like you got to you got to stop. So continue the tradition. Um, huh? We we pivoted. Uh, the, the daughter is a C, so no more oh, J's. Wow. Yeah, you know, I don't know. Um, let, let's talk about you guys. Talk, you know, I heard both of your different renditions of the uh, the genesis of Soul Sausage, and from the both of you, I just got the sense that it made so much sense that it was so fluid that it just naturally happened because you were having fun, right? Like uh, there were other friends involved in the beginning, but just the way that these events happened and it was just this intersection of the right time and the right product and the the growth and popularity of Yelp and Koreatown becoming cool and you guys became the ambassador, like all these crazy things like... Um, you know, young, you mentioned that had we wanted to started this when we were 22, it wouldn't have worked, nor would it have worked at 32, right? Like it just yeah. was right at that time. I think when yeah. it was the only time it could have ever worked to be what it is today. Right. Right. All right. Absolutely. What were some of the advantages that you guys experienced because of the naivete of just, we didn't know any better. Like what was that a part of? When you think back, it's like, holy shit. It's like, would you be able to do it again? Take all that risk? I mean, not anymore. We're too old for that. I, I, I do think that, like, um, just it's not just the youth. Like, we had, like, kind of a perfect storm, man. Like, I think the timing was just everything. We got really lucky with the timing. Um, wow. Roy kind of, like, set the foundation with Kogi Truck. So, like, like, people were, like, aware of Korean food. And we just came, like, right after that. And then... Um, Kogi was too big to get onto the, the great food truck race. So they latched onto a, an up and coming brand, which was us. And, um, you know, we made some, some, you know, some rookie mistakes in the beginning, but like we got really lucky with our timing. You know, sometimes you got to just be there to succeed, be like on time and just present. Um, but uh, I mean, like, yeah. like for, for me, right. Cause Ted and Chris kind of started the, I guess the first steps to like doing an event or oh, not, but I came along for the ride in the beginning, right? And so I never thought this was going to be my career. And Ted, I don't think Ted did either, you know? Like, we're just like, the hell is happening right now, right? And so, like, you run with that. And, and there's certain energies in this world where it just, you have to kind of, like, realize, hey, you're on, you're riding this big wave, and you got to freaking ride this wave out, right? And I think that was one of those moments where, like you said, Ted, is timing. You know, us, we just had a lot of fun at that time. We just kind of didn't really care and think about a lot of stuff. Uh, it's only when we got that momentum that like people wanted to invest in us and, you know, we started writing a business plan and, and we got serious. But in the beginning, it was just us just wanting to stay up till 4am making sausages and just having like crazy long days because it was fun, man. It was just like, like, damn, this is freaking fun, man. And people like giving good vibes. And, you know, I think that's, that's kind of what we fed off in the beginning. I, I think the older you get, like, your fear level goes up and it's harder to take that leap of faith, you know? And when you're younger, you just don't know any better. So you're more likely to take that leap of faith. But I'm so glad we did that earlier on in our lives versus later on in our lives, because I do feel like, you know, what when Young said that the whole advertising career, like was the big backbone to like, you know, I know sometimes we just downplay our, 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 what we've done, but right. like 
we learned a lot in advertising. We like we were working for like the biggest ad agencies in LA, you know, and uh, they provide structure. They provide like proper like educational ways to make money and market yourself, and all those little factors like Young knowing his cool friends through his bands, like like me helping out with the Korean Barbecue Cookoff Festival. It just it just clicked like for us at that time, and um, just it made sense. And I think we did a very good job just making a very honest product and an honest experience for everyone. Good job, Ted. <laughs> good job. Looking back at it now, eight years later, after all that you've been through, the, the, the age, the wisdom, the experience, and, and the perspective, um, would you have done anything differently in its infancy? I wouldn't. I don't think so. I mean, part of you know, going to a business is knowing the unknowns and still doing it. And, you know, like I said, in the beginning, like, it was like, you were like, we're just blindly following our passions, man. It was fun. Like I said, you don't, you don't plan like three, four, five years down the line. Um, And, and so people, I think sense, you could sense it when you, when there's like very good energy and there's like organic um, kind of growth, people sense that. And I think people felt that, you know, when we did our events, it was really fun. You know, we're not there and like trying to be serious. And, you know, it was like a Korean barbecue wiener, you know, it's like, like, it's like the hell is this shit, you know? Like, <laughs> like let's just take it and let's like like we were we did like cool parties and people were drinking, having a good time, and I think that's it was. Uh, I don't think I would have done anything different. I mean, would you, Ted? No, I mean I don't think so either. I think like yeah. it's just been like I mean people always say that cheesy line, right? The journey, not the, the the end point or whatever. And our journey was like it was so fun, you know. We 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 had so much, and we're still having so much fun, you know. It's a little bit more like mature fun. But um, I was gonna say something, but I totally forgot. But I'll come back to it when I think of it. Come back to it. Hey, young, you you dropped the bomb in my conversation with you about uh, when when you were so busy fielding requests and you know uh, meetings and and opportunities. Whatever happened to the offer from the cheesecake executive about throwing money behind you and trying you know just uh, that's what I was gonna say <laughs> scaling the crap out of it. Um, okay, so the first year that was crazy. Um, we said no a lot and i think mm-hmm. me and my brother talked about this we're like hey you know um i think this is what was, i was gonna say actually so yeah it was there we go right we're um <laughs> we, we we said no a lot and i think that's uh, a lot of people might kind of knock on us for that because we could have made strides because you know when you're successful there's a lot of people that gives you advice and they're like hey you should do this hey you should do this mm-hmm. you should do this and you're like yeah. you should do this and then and we're like no man I, it doesn't feel right and so um, we said no a lot. And then I think that kind of is important for, for a business. I think, you know, even like Bobby Hundred says a lot is like the power of no is, is like, is very important. And, um, he, you know, we were, we were trying to make it work, but it just, just didn't feel right. Um, you know, you'd have, we'd have to give away a lot of creative control. I don't, I don't really know. The details seem a little hazy now, but, um, it just, it just, it was just kind of phased out, you know? And, and um, no, we, we, we had three opportunities to franchise. Um, okay. There you go. Ten, one, ten, one, ten one, one with cheesecake. One with like a big, big brand that brought a bunch of restaurants from like East Coast to West Coast, West Coast to East Coast, and these were like legit guys. And um, we said no to all three of them. And uh, had we have said yes to all three of them, I think it would have been a completely different story. I think we would have been very unhappy with the outcome. Mm. And um, I don't think we'd be as involved and as passionate as we still are if we right. made those three moves. At, at some point, money is important, but it's not everything, right? Um, exactly, exactly. What What were some of the conversations that you guys were having at the time that you had decided or had dreamt would be your ceiling 
for you to be able to say no to these things? What did you think you could do on your own versus giving up control and equity? I mean, like me and my brother, like we're smart, but we're not like, like geniuses, right? So uh, we have our limitations and I think we're very aware of that now. So, um, you know, the people that we've been partnering up with are the people that we look up to, the people that we feel like are very smart at what they do. And I feel like if we're partnering up with a new person on something, that person has to be like 10 times better than me, you know? And some of the vibes I got with like that cheesecake guy, I was like, I don't think this guy really knows. No offense to the guy, but I I didn't think he was very like current with what was going on. And that was one of the big determining factors why we said no to that offer. Um, The other ones we felt were kind of fueled fueled by um, like the wrong intentions. Um, we had an opportunity out in, in Texas. Um, and, um, you know, in the beginning, it was like, you know, you're like dating, so everything's good. But then it started getting very abusive really early on. We didn't even sign the contract. So we're like, hey, if they're treating us like this during our dating phase, like yeah. what's going to happen once we actually get into a relationship? So, you know, like these things, like we're very, like, very, like, I, I feel like we have a good, good, uh, like Yang's better at saying no than I am, um, thanks, thankfully. Um, but, you know, the power of two. Uh, or power of team. That's where you like really get to talk, talk to, talk it through. Um, you know, you have a good lawyer, legal team that you, you know, you, you walk these through to, to make sure that you're, you're, you're there. But um, yeah, like if you, if we had said yes to a lot of those things in the beginning, I think it would have been, it wouldn't have been as authentic and like organic as it still is right now. You know? Yeah. People are listening. I, I've gotten some questions from some friends and stuff that are specifically around um, building a business, right? building a business, yeah. a family business, a literal family business, and and in a food space, which is super competitive with the cultural twist, which is also not the easiest thing in the world to do. Um, what kept you guys going? There were a lot of hardships. We, we touched upon some, obviously, over the eight years. There's a lot of bumps in the road. Um, we'll start with you, Ted, this time. Like, What kept you personally in it because you guys are both here today mm-hmm. and then so you know soul sausage could be here with just one of you or none of you but what kept you personally in it through the years i mean like you know like you know you mentioned the hardship so we've also had a lot of successes too you know and um success is kind of a drug you know and you get high off it and you want to do better than your last one and you know you like you go you want to climb the ladder um, I think the good thing that has kept me involved in this um, till now is like soul sausage is still pure. I mean, I, I just feel like we're very honest and it's a very, um, it's a very good and honest brand. Um, you know, me and my brother aren't like super greedy people. Uh, we like to do things the right way. And I, had we had made some wrong decisions where I felt like our integrity was at risk, I think I'd be like less reluctant to pursue this. But I just feel like there's just kind of an empty spot. Uh, for someone that's truly representing Korean food in the right way and mm. you know food food and restaurants kind of like an art so you know at one point you got to have your like culinary chops and you want to invent new dishes and you know change the world and like blend palates together but at the same time you got to make money too and right. I've seen so many people coming in on both spectrums like someone some people are just coming in money and you're just like, like are you really fucking doing that you know like yeah. I, I can just see right through them on why they're doing that of course and then you'll see the other people that are like pure artists and these people struggle because they're so artistic that they're not able to make money off of that. So I feel like me and my brother have a good balance of like, we're like in a good sweet spot of like, you know, we know, we know how to like hold our own, but at the same time, we know how to make money too. And I, I, I just feel that like the eight years that or eight, nine years that we've done this for, um, we've built something like we're like raising a child. 
and like we're ready to send it to like college and you know become an adult um i just i, I want to see it through you know i want to see what becomes of our child you know and see if it succeeds what about you young <laughs> um i don't know sometimes you like wonder why why you're doing this but like i think there's the satisfaction of like us creating something from scratch that it's like a high you know like i've been i was in advertising for seven years and and man some of those moments you're like what am i doing i'm just a freaking cog right i'm just a freaking cog in this money making scheme right and so i think everybody even if they're successfully successful in whatever they do that if they're working for somebody else they always want to work for themselves and that is something that you cannot get um if you work for somebody and so um, you know, obviously my brother and I, you know, the, like I trust him with everything. So it's just like, there's no like, um, like questioning certain mm-hmm. parts of the business. Right. So, you know, you know, now you're just worried about creating something and making it work. So, um, right. you know, like it's been up and down, there's been like great successes, low, great lows. Uh, but it's just, it's just, it's, it's, it's like the journey. I, I really like the journey, man, you know, and, and one of these days, our new idea is going to hit and we're going to, you know, like. Um, be you know get our you know 15 minutes of fame again because in business it's not like it's not a sprint right so like yeah you get we started off with a with a bang and um and we kind of went down to normal but then like and we're working on that on that next bang right so yeah just waiting for that next high um i think we'll be more uh buttoned up for it and um right. you know we have a lot of we have a lot of ideas man we have a lot of ideas well, um, we have a lot of momentum going right now too yeah yeah. I feel so, so. Yeah, and right now, you know, during this whole COVID time, you know, you could you can get complacent, but I think um, you know, Ted just really whipped like kind of like whipped our group into just kind of doing this and um and and uh we're we're kind nice. of making some some noise, you know. So yeah. um so you know, I just it's it's a high and like you can't we can't if, I can't work for anybody else at this point, sure. you know. Yeah. I, I think I, I forget which one of you I, I talked to you about, but you know when you were closing down the little Tokyo store, it was obviously mm. an extremely stressful time, um, physically, emotionally, mentally, financially. But looking at it now, because that was less than a year ago, maybe two years ago, um, yeah. it's almost a blessing that you don't have that on your balance sheet now. Oh my god, sure, man! Did yeah. they we had that rent and payroll. Yeah, um, yeah. at least your 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 fixed costs to run the business right now because you've always employed the the flexible method. Is very very low, yeah. Right, catering, stadium stuff. There's no fixed cost to space or yeah. or overhead. Yeah, all so, the variables are we can like control them, you know. Yeah, yeah. that's why you see the rise in ghost kitchens right now, and mm. um, yeah, everybody's being smarter. You know, I think restaurant people they're not the most business savvy people, and so uh, it, it just takes wow. a, a, a while. <laughs> it takes a while for them to to really kind of get it. I'm not saying yeah. we are either, Ted, right? But um, it's just... No, I, I think they're older, like the older generation of, like the, like the earlier generation of restaurateurs, it was harder for them to get into digital and deliveries and takeout. So, you know, they were a little bit behind when all this happened, but... Yeah, you have to just, right now, you have to just adapt and pivot. And so I think we have an advantage in that because we've been pivoting all of the last eight years, you know? Because we're cockroaches, <laughs> young. We're cockroaches. yeah. <laughs> Young said that on his show. It's you guys never die. Um, let, let's talk about that for a little bit. Um, last eight weeks, I think we're scoring on eight weeks now. Um, we've all been had our world rocked. Um, 
and making adjustments and, and staying home for all the right reasons, right? Um, mm-hmm. we, we all have healthcare people in our lives and it's, it's the right thing to do. Our parents are no longer young. And then so it is the right thing to do. However, it doesn't take away from the pain of our businesses, particularly restaurant businesses, just taking a, a massive hit. Um, we, we have friends and, and you do more than I do in the restaurant space whose businesses have gone completely down to zero. Some will never open again. Um, some are still trying to figure out how to even navigate these waters. Um, what are some things that you have observed with the perspective of 80 years of experience of doing this? Um, some business lessons or, or some things that you um, are, are observing and what, what kind of lessons can we share with those listening about resiliency and pivoting through challenging times? Uh, I, I think, I think we made the smart move. Like in the beginning, like, I'm not going to lie. Like we were pretty nervous about everything too. We were kind of scared. It's like untreaded water. So <clears throat> we felt kind of like the responsibility as, you know, uh, restaurateurs that have been in the game a little longer to like do something. So I think that was a little bit of pressure on me to feel like, and I'm sure Young does too, but personally I felt a lot of pressure to do something really cool and extravagant and want to change the world. Um, but uh, we ended up agreeing to just stay at home for the first two, three weeks. Uh, and during those two, three weeks, we just called, um, you know, me and my brother, we also have a, a, you know, two awesome uh, young kids, uh, Mikey and Brandon, uh, that we've been really, um, you know, utilizing their brain power for. And, you know, the, when the four of us just got together and chatted, um, you know, we had all different perspectives on how to go about this. But I think the good move that we did was we just kind of observed for the first few weeks. And I think, um, you know, when you're when you're like a veteran basketball player, you're, you're not just as emotional. You don't just jump right in and start trying to like take over the game. You're a little bit more like calm reserve. You try to like assess the, the, the defense and, you know, you don't go for the pump fake. The, I'm watching a lot of the last dance. So sorry, everything's like basketball <laughs> analogies right now. I think we did a really good job observing. I think a lot of people like uh, re- reacted emotionally. Um, but the one thing that we always like try to keep like as a filter for us is just making sure we do something genuine and authentic to our brand. And um, instead of just launching a pickup curbside program, we're like, hey, why are we doing this? What's the purpose behind this? Can we add a little bit of positivity to this? And that's really where the idea of food equals family comes. Because at the end of the day, like your food is great and people want to support you. But if you have something that's a little bit more like experiential or a little added bonus that makes people feel that little, little, little tingle. Um, yeah. You know, that's going to be the little oomph that people really need in a, in an uncertain timeline right now. So for us, I think it was just, um, and I'm not saying this is a solution for every restaurant tour out there, but it's just about figuring out like what the opportunity is in like crazy times like this and, and just really thinking through it. Yeah. Well said, Ted. Pretty generic <laughs> answer. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, it, everything is so uncertain, you know, and then like we just got news that it might be extended for another couple more months. So I'm like, oh, man, like, are we going to do this for a couple more months? Um, you know, we're, we we thought about pausing it for a week, you know, like there's just so many uncertainties and you can't help but doubt yourself. But, um, you know, we've been getting some good feedback. We and, you know, I think we're doing some things right. So because people think we're like killing it right now, but we're not, you know, we're just, you know, we're just, we're just being busy, you know, and I think being relevant and being busy and being positive, I think those are what the least we could do right now. Right. I mean, there, there's certain people like Amazon that are killing it. Right. And, but, you know, for the most part, everybody is struggling and, and that's like the whole uh, heartwarming part about food equals family is like, you know what, we're going to feed some people. We're going to feed some families that need it. You know, we've been helping helping our LAFC family out a lot. 
Um, you know, Jerry, you've helped out a lot. Um, some of our yeah. friends just donate big amounts of money and you're like, Hey, help me feed people. And it's been, it's been awesome. You know, I mean, just, um, there's like goodness I'm trying to just hold on to the goodness, you know, during this crazy times. So m- most oh. of our, don't, most of our listeners don't know about your gifting program. So share with us what the gifting program is with your food equals family, uh, program that you're having now and, and who thought of it? What, how did that come in? Take it away, Ted. Take it away. <laughs> um, you know, honestly, like when the, the Corona thing like hit, I was kind of sick. So like that was another reason why we were like, oh shit, like maybe, let's make sure like everyone's healthy. No one has it, you know? Um, and then, um, you know, once it, like I really quickly realized it's just a cold, but um, you know, obviously I kept my distance away for two weeks and I didn't see anybody for like almost three weeks. And then my brother-in-law, and my in, uh, sister-in-law, they dropped off some some kamzatang with a bottle of soju. And um, I had that. And it just really made it feel like a normal Friday, you know? And, um, like, me and, my, me and my brother, like, we sell food for a living. We sell sausages, you know, and, and rice balls. And, um, like, we're not able to cure coronavirus, you know? But if we're able to make one person or one family feel happy for that Friday, that's, like, a big, big success for us and big win for us. So um, that's where the idea just kind of, like, generated from. Um, I mean, the idea was like there before, but when I actually got that experience, it's like, oh, this is like a really warm feeling inside. Um, that's the way we decided to add the gifting component to it. And then, um, you know, we got a lot of partners involved, like LAFC, Hygienro, um, like standard issue tees. Uh, they all donated without even hesitation because um, they knew that it was uh, a positive thing. And you know, we want to reward those people that give. We got people gifting from outside the city too. We have people from like San Francisco, Portland. Thank you, Han, if you're listening. Um, Thank you, and they just they just donated and we're like uh, we don't know what to do with this and then you connected us with a sh- like a you know a chef that got furloughed and what a cool story like what like that is where you know a chef from portland bought a meal for a family for another chef chef friend in la you know that's going through some hardships you know so like you know stories like that really are like what this is all about it's super cool that we get to experience it ted has a ted has a big heart Ted is a you giver. Guys, you guys both do, man. And it, yeah, look, it's, it's it's easy to get behind something when you know the food and the product itself is grade A and the people behind it are worth helping, right? So, um, you know, just in our neighborhood here, there's a Facebook group of fellow parents. And um, I posted and within like an hour, like four people texted me and said, wait, <laughs> you're going to bring this to my house? And I was like, yeah. And then, you know, we got more people next week. They're like, hey, we have dinner for tomorrow, but, you know, let us know next week. And I think it's <laughs> nice, it's, nice. it's it's a once a week treat, right? Like it's, it's yeah, almost like a normal thing in our house. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I'm, I'm, it's it's it makes it easy. It almost, you know, we, we talk about authenticity a lot. And with you guys, I think that rings so true that this wasn't some backwards, like hacked thing, right? Like. You didn't follow, you didn't chase a trend and said, all right, Korean food is cool. Let's see what's missing, right? It wasn't like an actual business case that was like contrived in a conference room. You fell into it because you loved it and you've been at it for eight years because it's the love and the passion and the things that make, makes it go on. Um, see, Jerry, you, you, you understand that. So I know, I wish, you know, like you, like, I wish everybody understood that because that is something that I'm very proud about is the genuineness that we try to project you know um like we always freaking promote our identity korean americanness we do so much stuff for high general and for free you know and like we just <laughs> really try to bring out the culture you know and like 
I think Ted mentioned to it in his in his interview. He was like the the, the Korean barbecue guy at work, right? <laughs> but like you know, you are too, and me, and like like you know, we, 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 we yeah, we we just we. <laughs> Uh, that part I'm really proud about, you know. Yeah. So like, no, I like uh, me and my brother. Like, we're very not trendy. Like, like, like. <laughs> no, seriously, we're not that trendy. And like, yeah. like you remember when like uh, what's it called? Like everybody put flaming hot Cheetos on everything, and like it was like the cheese pools. And like we'd have like young kids like coming to like like take photos for us and stuff like that. And like you know, <laughs> me and my brother never like to pay for that kind of stuff because we're like we don't want to force it, you know. But like when they were like telling us like, oh, you know what would be really cool if you added some flaming hot Cheetos? Like, I would just feel like, bro, just get away with, get away from me right now because I don't want to hear that shit right now, you know? So, yeah, we're not like, into fads, you know? Yeah, like, we're trends not into come and go, you know? Like, like, like brands like like survive the test of time. So yeah, we're, we're still trying trends to figure out what and, that is, man, Jerry. Trends come and go, but soul sausage is forever. <laughs> But, but, but we, we don't, like we still don't know what we stand for. We just know that we're Korean Americans, and we like, like we we serve the food that we like, and like hopefully people like it, you know. And it's, it's kind of been our model so far. <laughs> young, young, we got we got to put that on a on, on a t shirt. Um, let's I, let's talk about the food itself, right? Uh, we have been observing, and it's been amazing, an increase in us, the second, third generation um, Asian American children of immigrants leaning into the identity and creating stuff around it it's you know even if you look at uh big names like david chang or Mm -hmm. even roy and you know people have we people we've had on the show like danny tran who's bringing his family's fish sauce over or you know tony lamb with his omnibev vietnamese coffee and obviously Mm -hmm. carol with maku like we are seeing that trend um and maybe it is a trend maybe it's just finally people are proud to be who we are instead of feeling ashamed and all that stuff um yeah you guys didn't again you know engineer your way into a korean thing it just sort of fell into your lap because the product was just there right it happened um how much of your not only your success but your longevity and your tenacity is tied to the fact that it is such an emotional thing for you and all of us because it represents more than just a piece of sausage yeah. You know, uh, okay, so when we got the call to be at LAFC, uh, it was it was really uh, special for us because they picked uh, brands that were very uh, authentic to Los Angeles. And so I was like, damn, that's so dope that they thought about um, Soul Sausage as being a fabric and like a culinary uh, ex- example of Los Angeles. And so I think that was like a really, really amazing uh, partnership that we kind of started with those guys. Um because that kind of validated that what we were doing was kind of kind of resonating within within Los Angeles, and you know, like not to toot our own horn, but like people when they think of soul sausage, they have a pretty good like like um, feeling and emotions to it, and it's because I think of like all the hard work that we put into it, and like Ted says, we're not trying to be a fad. We we want to really stand up for LA and Koreans here, and and not even Koreans, just Korean Americans, right? So I think. Um, that that part was just validating um, in in terms of just like hey like this is not just a gimmick this is not just like I mean it is a fusion food but it was just very authentically us and um, you know like we're still always kind of developing new things and you know um, soul sausage we also have sister companies and we have sister brands and um, so we're just you know just expanding you know we're 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 obviously we're growing with the times um, but any business you can't stay stagnant and and uh, so you know I, I really I, I dig that part about us and that's kind of like the creative part kind of going back to your question is like the creative part that 
kind of makes it exciting, you know. Mm. Every day it's a, it's a new challenge, and uh, I'm going back in circles now. <laughs> no, 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 it, it's good because you, you got you know you, you put the Korean flavored meat in the sausage. That's the uh, you know the word fusion is we don't hear it often now, but that was like the buzzword of the food industry years ago, right? And yeah, and then you guys took kimchi bokumbap and like rolled it up into a ball and fried it, which was different, right? Yeah. So it was not only it was korean food but like you know if, if you showed it to our grandparents they wouldn't recognize it just because it was presented differently um yeah. so obviously there was a lot of innovation and um and, and newness and taking a risk um have you guys ever thought of taking the concept back into korea do you think it would have been popular there we actually thought about bringing it out there but it just got complicated with like the the meat you got really close man you got really close, really close. yeah yeah, yeah. Um, we were talking to a couple of celebrities out in Korea. We, we were about to do it. Again, we said no to that one, or they said no to us. It, it was it was a big commitment where one of us had to move out to Korea. Uh, and, um, you know, I don't think we were ready at that time either. So, Yeah, because we, we, we've seen that a lot, right? Like, I, I know you guys are personal friends with uh, one of the guys, right? The barbecue guys, the taco guys, or, or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, the, and then we've the seen the that trend tacos. go back. Yeah. yeah. I, I think that's the the reverse immigration if you can even call it that i know you know korean americans going back you know even even like our friend danny cho the comedian and bobby and you know uh, the guys um that we all know that have decided to pursue their careers there for whatever reason um you know because it was a bigger opportunity and a better opportunity um but you know if we went to korea they would have jacked our stuff right away and like like it would have been you know koreans they have such quick trends you know, and like six months later. You could check it now. Yeah. <laughs> it I mean, it's exist, been complicated right? a couple times, you know. So. Yeah. yeah. I, I think it's good, man. Um, let, let's, let's talk about the future, um, short and long term. Um, assuming that we come out of stay at home in the next, I don't know, three to six months, what does success look like for Soul Sausage for each of you in a year and then in 10 years? Older brother, young go first. Oh, damn, this is a crazy question. Sounds like an interview, still, job interview I'm, question, I'm, man. I'm still, I'm I mean, still... Did you not think I was going to ask these questions <laughs> when we, we, we scheduled this? <laughs> I think what? One, one more drink. There you go. Got that. I mean, look, like, you know, we you this changes, right? For us, like, obviously, we had our five-year plan. And um, right before the COVID hit, we were uh, at our best catering stage ever, right? And so that got scrapped right and so we you know we've we've told ourselves by the end of this year we're gonna have a steady catering business it's gonna just be a baseline for all of our business and then everything we do on top of that would be the bonus and the marketing and the cool stuff that we could do um but that got put on hold so that question is hard to answer you know jerry because mm-hmm. this changes everything right and um you know we do fun projects like norja uh, we haven't even talked about that yet, but it's, oh, like, it's, yes, we should, it's, yeah. it's like a celebration that we do for three, four Korean American chefs. And we just make a crazy, crazy, crazy um, dinner experience that, you know, that, you know, I can't even describe, but we'll explain that some other time. I mean, we just, we just want to do fun stuff. And un- unless you have a baseline and business that you could just kind of uh, live off of and um, that's what we were building, right? Because Little Tokyo knocked us down and we were kind of building up this catering business. Um, but since that has been all scrapped, all of our catering for 2020 because of the COVID 
wiped everything out, right? So, right, and, and not so, not likely coming back because people are not going to the office. Yeah, I mean, weddings even, even if normalcy comes back, right? And then some of the stuff is postponed till next year, but um, nothing is on the table now, right? It's almost like a clean slate. So I don't know, man. It's kind of hard to answer that question, Jerry. Uh, what do you think, mm-hmm. Ted? You know, I mean, at one point when the offices do open up and people start getting married again, like in the normal traditional way, um, I think we'll be able to kind of get back to what what uh, we were doing. But I think during this time right now, we got to figure out how we could um, utilize what we have. Uh, it's like a, it's like another cooking show, right? It's like you have your challenges, here's your objectives, <laughs> and you got to survive and you're competing with everyone else in LA. So, you know, we yeah. got to do what we do best, um, figure out what we have accessible to us, what we're good at, and then really just be true to who we are. You guys got to serve then presidential candidate Andrew Yang at a yeah, we did Yeah, we did a Noja event for uh, Andrew Yang. That How was cool was that? I really you know, cool. young you you're you you were on the the Yang Gang hard with with me too. <laughs> and the thing is, for me, I um you know when I went to one of his rallies, I, I refused to take a picture with him because I was like, I'm gonna take a picture with the other event, and then um I made we made it happen, right? Because like um it was just like a goal we set, and I was like in my mind, I'm gonna do this event. We're gonna um and then we made it happen, right? So um it was like a cool victory for us. We um got to flex. Um, our muscles a little and we work with um, Dookie and Han freaking love those guys um, and and we put out this amazing event and we're gonna be doing more of those I mean we did one for the um, LA food and wine festival we did yeah. we were um, you know we're, we were kind of planning those out and then those got wiped out those plans got wiped yeah. out. so I mean just everything's wiped out I mean I could have answered this question totally differently two months ago right sure. but now it's like we just want to make sure that you know, we're, we're just getting tested in this new storm, right? And then hopefully our boat that we've built over the years is going to withstand it and get out safer um, and, and strong. But um, yeah, man, we're just, we're kind of taking it day by day right now. It's, it's... But, but it's, it's been fun. You know, like we've been like getting more into the kitchen. We've been getting more creative with our dishes. Um, we're going to, we have some really cool partnerships lined up for uh, Food Equal Family. Uh, so oh, yeah. just really oh, growing yeah. that um, is, is going to be a, a big like, uh, success metric for us in the next like six months um, and then just kind of getting people on board with just spreading a little positivity you know that's going to be kind of like the under underlying goal for us and then anything we can do on top of that is, is bonus yeah, it's still a virtual noja man we've we've hosted <laughs> me, me and you ted uh zoom drinking shows and then done some yeah, good yeah. in the world and i mean we're, we're sort of uh at least one, one of us is drinking um right now so um <laughs> Looking back, uh, what is the coolest, if you could pinpoint one, the coolest memory of all time, not just Soul Sausage, but in the context of you guys working together, what was it? Ted, we'll go with you first. Ooh, that's tough. I don't know. That's tough. Maybe like top three? <laughs> sure. Let's do three. Yeah. Yep. Um, there was a moment when we uh, pitched the, uh, the Dallas Cowboys. They weren't kind of really interested in, in carrying our sausages. And then me and my brother were like, F it, let's just buy, buy a ticket there. Uh, they can't say no to us in person. Let's at least set up a meeting. We like used all our leverage um, with all the people that we knew within the Legends family, and they got us a meeting. And then um, just standing in that field, uh, knowing that they all really enjoyed the product, that was a really, really cool moment for me. Um, the great food truck race, just winning that one. That's just like, I, I still, I still remember that very, very vividly. 
man. I've never been so nervous in my life. Um, it's like, like, you know, the show business, they'll like pause for like 30 minutes until they tell you the results. Like that felt like three days for me because it was so fucking hectic. Um, and then another cool, um, you know, the LAFC day was really special for me, man. That was like a couple of days after we uh, closed down. It was, the, it, was the, it was the day after, Ted. It was the day oh, after. It was the after. So we were very emotional. We're like, we felt like kind of like, uh, like failures. And then we went yeah. the next day and then, man, our booth was just popping. And we're like, hey, sometimes you guys just let certain things die so that you could see new things grow, yeah. you know? And I was just like, it was just like a, it was like a metaphor in a weird, weird way that, you know, the day before was gloomy. And then this new day, it was like a sunny day. Do you remember that? Yeah, it was like super bright, yeah. nice warm day. It was like a perfect day. Yeah. And then just people were lining up at this old sausage booth and it was, that's, that's pretty, pretty epic. Yeah, pretty yeah. epic. Yeah. yeah, those those are some good moments, Ted. Um, shit, I don't know how I could beat that. But you know, like <laughs> for me, um, Andrew Yang, Noja. <laughs> you know, like those moments were like obviously like the pinnacle moments. But um, when I like like first year or two, when I was like uh, you know quit everything and you know we were like I was waking up. I think I was living with you. I was waking up every morning, and then I just had a smile on the face every morning. I woke up and I was like fuck, I'm doing something I love, you know? And that happiness was just like, like just a very deep happiness where I'm just like, not, not to get like all like, 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 like philosophical, but like, it's just like, versus like those, like those metric successes. It was just like, I'm like, damn, I'm really happy with what I do, man. You know, I like, and like, even like going home late after one night, after working your ass off and your feet's tired and then you had a couple of drinks with your crew, right? You have like shots with your crew and you drive home and you're like, fuck I, I love what i do you know and i think i remember those moments because like it's not like you have to get a prize to be happy or successful but it's like just like the everyday and so i don't know i, I just remember those moments you know and then even like the hard moments too you're like um you know like you have like it's something that turns around and then you see that glimmer of hope and this lines up and then this lines up and then that call you've been waiting for calls you back and then like this business thing's gonna happen like like those little like like, like flow i think that's what's called like, like when you like all these things line up um I, I i get i get jazzed by those and i think that's why i keep going is like not because like i i'm on the cover of korean magazine <laughs> or like you know or like just like you win a tv show that's like that's great but like it's those little things i'm like i'm like i'm like a, like a weird artist guy like that I like i like those little things you know no i, I think it's uh, it's the the return to what is really important right um being dads, like we stop caring about silly stuff, right? When our yeah. kids are involved, because it doesn't matter anymore. And the last eight weeks, as as crappy as it has been, it's really, at least for me, brought into focus of like ninety nine percent of the shit doesn't matter anymore, right? Like, yeah, yeah. you know, like what I do you want for a present? Like yeah. nothing. I, I, yeah, I have yeah. everything I need, right? Yeah. Um, let, let's end on this, guys. Um, let's share some lessons that you've learned in scope of running a business with your brother and drop some knowledge on our listeners and some who might be wanting to get in the restaurant business some who have siblings that they've toyed ideas with and just in general you guys are um really one, one of the korean american dream stories asian american success brotherhood stories that we will point to for a long time I'm not trying to blow smoke up your ass, but you guys are due to write a book about this thing one day. Mm -hmm. And and so, you know, give us a glimpse of as you're living it now, because you certainly are not done yet. 
what are some lessons that you have lived and are living now that you want to share with somebody who might be a little bit earlier in your journey than you? You go first, Yang? Um, you can go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I mean, okay. The big one for me is uh, just regarding people, man. I think the hardest part of this business is just people. Um, your customers, your employees, your managers, your brother. Um, you have to have a good team. And um, it, it starts at the top. So um, I, I take that very seriously to heart. Um, you know, me and my brother are in there like washing dishes, cleaning up, working just as hard as them. So that's really important. And then that's not just to say that like we're cool because of that, but um, being able to read people, being able to understand genuine people, um, hiring the right people. And if you don't have that person, firing them right away is, is so critical to, to a successful mm -hmm. business because um, every piece matters. And if you have, if you have one bad cookie, you know, everything gets rotten. Um, so for me, my biggest takeaway has always been people and there's people that are in it to win it and they will they'll stick by you and they will, um, you know, go to war with you. And there's other people that are um, there to, you know, be there for the, the fame or the popularity or ride the wave with you. And they don't have the right intentions for that. So being able to identify who's really going to help your company and your business is like such an underrated piece to all this, because at the end of the day, you have to have the right team to succeed. And a lot of business owners think they know everything, but I think you have to admit when you don't know shit and hire someone that knows how to do that. Um, you know, in the beginning, we had some luxury to do that. But uh, right now, me and my brother, like we talk like pretty long and hard about certain people that we want to get on board for you know, our team. And um, we, 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 we had this one guy in mind that we've been trying to scout for a long time. And we were going to hire him to be a catering sales guy. And the whole Corona thing hit. So it's, it's, again, you got to just yeah. kind of get back to the, the, the drawing boards. But for me, it has always been about people because we're in the hospitality industry. We're in the service industry. You got to know how to deal with people. And you, even your employees, you can't disrespect them. You got to respect them, figure out how to motivate them. Everyone ticks differently. So my, my thing has always been you, 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 you train someone the right way and you find the right people, then it just kind of like grows on its own because you can't do it yourself. Yeah. And, and, and I observe it, right? You got, you got Mikey and Brandon who yeah. are, give so much, right? And it's... It's it's amazing, right? Because they they drive out to Oxnard with you. They do the games with you day uh, in day out. Um, love you, Mike. You, you, you got Landon. Thank, thank you, guys. <laughs> and and you know, two, two people I <laughs> two two people I've known for a long time. You know, Steve and Cammy, who've been by your side for a long time too. Like they're yeah, just they're good, good people. And yeah. um, I mean, shit, Steve. I know we, we went to school together for so like twenty oh, years, yeah. and it's yeah. it's been a long, long time. We love and, Steve. Slim. We love Steve. Uh, Steve. 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 Um. Remind me to tell you a funny story about Steve off the air. Uh, <laughs> we have a lot to don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> and and even customers, right? Uh, yeah. My 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 dear Dongseng Prince got a goddamn drink named after him on your wall at the little Tokyo store, and yeah. and you know he he was bragging about it, so proud, and I was like, you realize they named it after you with the money you gave them, right? Yeah. Like. So. <laughs> And he deserved oh, it. <laughs> uh, he's, yeah, yeah. he's he's cool, man. Um, young, young, tell us, share share with us some of your uh, most memorable lessons through this process. Uh, no, you know, Ted, Ted is absolutely right. It is you got to know people, and you have to, um, or at least you have to hire someone that knows people. Because I'm not good with people, and Ted is really good with people. So well, at least you have somebody on the team that has to lo love people and deal yeah, with them. Because 
I've been I I do have a short leash these days. I mean, I'm becoming an in- introvert these days, man. So sick of people. Yeah. <laughs> Wait till you have kids, Ted. You can't. Oh, you man. can't. I already have kids, yeah, this man. Is, My yeah, kids, you know? man, dude. <laughs> you have kids. No, but like you, 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 like you said, you surround yourself with good people, and you, you do it because you love the fight. You know, you go to battle every day, and shit, man. And, um, you know, if you're doing it for a quick buck, you know, you're gonna people are gonna see see through you. You know, so yeah. If you have the good intentions. You know, I think me and my brother, we are motivated not just by like financial or success or fame, but we really want to do something good for the community. And I mm-hmm. think um, that's always been a, like a deep, into, like lying, like uh, theme through, through, especially me and uh, I know Ted too. But um, just, I just, you know, it just comes from a good place. I think hopefully people will see that. Um, but me and Ted are living proof, although we fight a lot, that brothers can, family can. <laughs> Do some stuff together, okay? Yeah. Um, and uh, you know, um, we we fought, we fight a lot more now. But you know, like like you know, we, there's a lot of good that comes out of that, and hopefully, there's gonna be some some really good stuff coming your way. So, so yeah, we're excited, man. I mean, thank. Looking forward. It, to it, it, this was great, Jerry. Like I, you know, I felt like a little therapy session. You know, like yeah, seriously. Um, <laughs> uh, Doctor like, Doctor Juan. Yeah, you, you, can, you can pay me in soju um, or sausages. <laughs> it's it's been really really gratifying to have gotten to know you guys you know as acquaintances then as friends and um that friendship has deepened um you know we, we didn't even get to talk about your parents today i mean just, just so proud of you right like because shout out, come on and shout out to dad shout, <laughs> not really i just talked with my dad he was just like oh how do i do this for him <laughs> yeah, but you know look i i, I think our parents wanted us to go into more professional fields because they didn't they equated entrepreneurship with suffering right, right? with cause yeah and yeah. if your kids have to do that and have the highs and the lows what better scenario than to have your two sons do it together right because mm-hmm. they just worry about stupid stuff right um yeah. like oh you're in a new city by yourself even though you're married and you know like but you guys are here together and you're going through this thing together. So, um, Young, you mentioned that in our talk, like your parents said, this is it in this foreign country. Your brother's all you got. So, yeah. and then you guys have, have stuck by that. your side. Yeah. yeah. yeah and, and certainly, you know, 80 years in, you guys are not at the final chapter. I mean, hell, I don't think you guys are even at halftime. Mm-hmm. So con- continue to do what you do. Uh, do good by the people. Take care of people. Uh, make people happy, innovate, and um, all of all of us. I speak for countless people, all of our mutual friends, and all your fans. Um, the good guys. Thank you for doing what you guys do. It really, really brings me a lot of joy to uh, talk about you, to share about you, and and to have these conversations together because this is what life is about: to to meet good people, to continue to engage with them. And uh, who who knew that we would be doing this when we first met? Yeah. Um, the only thing that's remained true is that there's soju in front of us. But <laughs> life has taken down, like take all of us down a very, very different path. So, uh, I'll see you guys tomorrow. I'll be there at four to pick up food for for me in the neighborhood down here in 360. Um, thanks thank for you, what Jerry. you guys do. And uh, you, let's. Uh, we we didn't get the first shot on camera, but you know now that we're gonna let's. Uh, cheers to. Cheers. Oh my! Wow! Good job! All right. Thank you, Young. Thank you, Ted. Thank you, Stay safe out there. All right. Take care, guys. Be good, everyone. Thank you. Bye.